but it was really the invitation was for me to see myself. And that's what I really struggle with. And I still, like you, struggle with that is seeing my own value as a man and as a human being and loving the man that I am today, not who I'll be tomorrow, who I'll be 10 years from now and the success I'll have 10 years down the road. Loving, appreciating, acknowledging myself for who I am today, how I show up in life now, as opposed to what the actions in my life have summed up to, as opposed to how much money is in my bank account, as opposed to how many people in the world know my name and can recognize my name, as opposed to how many people have purchased my book and read it and wrote me a wonderful review. You know, it's like, it's such a, such a thing. It's such a thing. So it's, it's that divine balance of really appreciating the life that we've created. You know, I might not have a million dollars in my bank account. I might not be known on a large scale, but right now I'm sitting on this beautiful over two acre Hawaii property that I manifested. I created this. I created this. And so like, I should really be present to that. Allow myself to be impacted by the life I have created as opposed to what's yet to be created, what's yet manifested. Mm. And hold those two in equal balance rather than having what's yet manifested be on this pedestal that one day I'll get there, right? And missing out on what's already right here in front of me. Welcome to Masculine Mastery, a show dedicated to helping men open their hearts, rise into their greatness, and liberate their most alive, awakened, and authentic selves. My name is Christopher August, and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. is happening welcome back to another episode of the masculine mastery podcast today i am featuring my friend mr michael mcpherson he is the co-founder of cacao k-a-k-a-o it's a ceremonial drinking chocolate brand And he is a certified combo practitioner as well as a relationship mentor for men. And this conversation was pretty damn real, which I inspire all my conversations to be pretty real and honest and raw and authentic in every way. And we really went into many different areas, but really the main focus of this conversation was around accepting oneself and living from a state of presence and finding one's purpose. And Michael had shared a little bit about his journey of feeling purposeless and how he has found his purpose and how he has 
tapped into a greater level of being. And again, this was nothing short of honest. I spoke a little bit about some of my setbacks as well. And yeah, it was just a really, really fun and easygoing conversation. And I think you'll find a lot of value from it. So with that being said, uh, before we get into the episode itself, I would just want to remind you that if you really like this conversation and all other conversations on this podcast, please head on over to Apple or Spotify and subscribe, follow the podcast, and if you can, rate it. This will help to really boost the visibility around it and help get these conversations into more people's ears so they can begin listening to them and helping other men around the globe. And lastly, just want to mention, if you haven't heard, I, alongside my brother and co-founder of Masculine Mastery, we are hosting a all-inclusive seven-day men's retreat on the big island of Hawaii at the end of October, October 30th to November 6th, 2022. And this is going to be one epic experience. We have so much planned for it. It's at a beautiful three-acre off-grid property that features so many different things. It has different casitas to stay in, bungalows, has um, temezcals being built as we speak. There's a yoga shala. There's over 20 different types of fruit trees. And we are going to be doing some pretty wild excursions from volcano hikes to waterfall hikes to swimming with dolphins. It's going to be a very powerful, powerful retreat. And it is called Elemental because we are going to be connecting with all of the five elements over the course of seven days. And there's going to be workshops, trainings, breathwork immersions, you name it. We got it all lined up and delicious food. So if you want to know more about this incredible immersion and you want to join, it's limited to 12 men only. We're taking a very small group to create a more supportive and intimate container, then you can reach out to me directly on Instagram at Christopher underscore August, or you can find me and email me at hello at ChristopherAugust.co. And I am super excited for this. And yeah, if you feel the call, reach out. I'll send you all more, more of the info and we can go from there. Without further ado, let's dive in. See you on the other side. Welcome, my brother. How are you? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm feeling great. And yeah, hopefully there's lots of wisdom to glean. We shall see. To start off, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? What are you up to in the world? What's alive? What's present in your heart? And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm really basic dude, comes from a basic upbringing and somehow found my way into a more spiritually aligned and spiritually based life, took a non-traditional path, left home when I was 23, went to medical school for two years before I figured out that's what I didn't want to do with my life, and then have since progressed into drinking chocolate, ceremonial grade cacao, 
request bar, protein bars made to inspire, and I work with my partner, McKinsey, in her company, Delighted By, which is all about giving people more reasons to be delighted by life. So those are the things that I do, and those are the things that I'm up to. But aside from that, I'm just really passionate about helping people, really passionate about living an energized life, a conscious life, and more than anything, really passionate about conscious relationships. Because ever since I met my partner, Mackenzie, in 2017, my whole life has transformed. And, uh, you know, I think when looked at from as an opportunity for growth, as an opportunity for transformation, really our romantic and intimate relationships is one of the most profound areas in our life where we could do that kind of work. Couldn't agree more. And I feel like, uh, I think you just set the tone for the conversation for now. And I think that's the path I'd like, definitely like to explore, explore with you a little bit. So before we get into that though, just talk a little bit about your, you know, your path as a man, right. Growing up and, and, you know, going and, and feeling as you need to go down this, this route of, you know, going to medical school and ticking these boxes and all of these things what was that path like for you at that time and how, you know, did you make that transition and, and sort of maybe what was your awakening experience out of that, that path and that journey? Sure. Yeah. So I started off in a pretty emotionally repressed environment in my family household. I grew up in a traditional environment. Uh, my family was Catholic. I was raised Catholic and there was really nothing, quote unquote, wrong with my family environment. I have great parents, I have beautiful sisters, but it was just, for me, an environment where people were talking about, sharing about all the things that they were doing in life, but there was this underlying emotional world that I could feel that it seemed like nobody else was addressing. So that was kind of my conflict as a kid and as a young person was feeling like there was so much more going on in my environment that nobody was talking about. And of course, a lot of these things didn't come out until I was an adult. You know, my mom having an affair on my father and my father's repressed anger towards my mom about that. All these things, right, that were there that I felt that no one was giving language to. So I was a pretty stand-up kid. I got all straight A's. I was the captain of every team that I was a part of. my friends in high school used to call me Captain America. That was kind of like my identity when I was in high school. Our identity as a young adult was Mr. Perfect, quote unquote, Mr. Perfect. Perfect grades, perfect looks, captain of all the teams. And what I discovered as a young person was I was being those things or embodying that role for other people, primarily for my parents. So my parents got a lot out of me being this Mr. Perfect archetype. They got to be part of a community. They got to be friends with my parents, friends. They got to show up for my games, cheer me on. And when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, I actually got injured uh, my senior year of football. I tore my soleus muscle, which is attaches my Achilles to the other muscles in my leg. And I was really in a lot of pain. So Football season ended and I was supposed to go straight into basketball season and be the captain of my basketball team. And there was all these expectations that were already set up for me, but I was in pain, man. I was like, I I like, it hurts to walk. How am I supposed to run up and down the court? 
So I made a really powerful decision to not play basketball my senior year of high school. And that was like the first time in my life that it really became clear, you know, not only who I was living for, but the impact that it would have if I stopped doing the things that other people wanted me to do. So my my mom was really upset. My coach was really upset. My teammates were really upset. It rocked a lot of my relationships. And I just couldn't really understand how people uh, couldn't understand my decision to not play. You know, and it was at that point in my life that I realized, okay, something about this isn't right. From now on, I'm, I'm only going to make decisions that I feel are best for me no matter what the impact it has on other people. I can't keep trying to live for other people because either way, I'm inevitably going to um, leave people upset or uh, leave people with a sense of defeat or so I'm going to let somebody down no matter what I do, right? So I might as well do what I feel is best for me. So I left home around 23, went to medical school. I was the black sheep in my family. Everyone else and my family still lives in the same 25-mile radius. They're super, super close. And I knew I had to get out. I knew there was a lot more to the world than what was in my hometown. So I went to Tempe, Arizona, went to medical school for two years, still wearing my Mr. Perfect hat, you know, straight A's, top of my class. And then two years in, just realized how hollow that was, you know. I was grinding myself into a pulp to be this perfect display of, in that case, a medical practitioner, but really destroying my health to provide health for other people. And I just could kind of see how bankrupt it was. I could still see, even though I had left home, I was still doing this to have a reputation. You know, it's something my parents could be proud of, my family could be proud of. And so I decided two years in that I wasn't going to follow through. And I changed and I got into real estate practice real estate for a year before I met my beloved. And then when Mackenzie came into my life, everything synced in. I left all the roles I had been playing. I left my job in real estate, left my personal professional development courses that I was leading, left my business that I was growing with a company called Isogenics, and just transitioned full-time into doing nothing, into literally letting my body chill the fuck out and relax. And that was the first time in my life that I ever slowed down. For 10 years, I was so coked up on caffeine and a full schedule, I had never let myself slow down, right? Slow down to feel all my unrepressed emotions, slow down to feel all these things in my family dynamics that I'd never processed viscerally slow down to feel what it is that I wanted to do in life, what it is that I wanted out of life, what kind of experiences I wanted to have. So that's where ceremonial grade cacao really came into my life. I have a joke that it was staged a little bit because the first time I ever had ceremonial grade cacao, I ended up confessing my love for Mackenzie. And I had only known her for about two days at that point. So it was really kind of set up you know, my relationship with cacao and the timing of when it came into my life. But cacao was really what helped me facilitate this process. Each morning I would wake up, I would make a cup of ceremony grade cacao, I would sit in silence, I would come into my heart, I would come into my body, 
I would let my body feel whatever it needed to feel while reflecting on my life up until that point. And I would process a lot of underlying emotion that I hadn't processed for years and years and years. So a few months of that, and all of a sudden, this is going to sound really strange, and it was for me because I had certainly never had this experience up until that point. But I started to hear a voice in my head. I started to hear the spirit of cacao talking to me. And that was really the beginning of my spiritual journey. And at that point, you know, we were working on cacao with a K, our nonprofit. So she was guiding me on what to do to bring our production in-house, how to get the equipment we needed, where to source the beans, all this information that I knew nothing about. I was not a chocolatier, knew nothing about making chocolate. But she was giving me this information and then inspiring me to go out and produce the results. So within a few months, we created our nonprofit. We started making cacao with a K out of our ground floor of our house in Marina del Rey, our work live space. And that company got off and running. And then you can imagine the transformation that happens when you're literally making cacao. And you're immersed in the scent of cacao. Your whole house smells like cacao. It's like, shit's going to happen if you're that deep in cacao 24-7, right? So, you know, in my relationship with McKinsey, this is right around the time we started to get into the Gene Keys as well. Stuff was just coming up consistently, you know. And initially, I was very reactive. I didn't like it. I felt uncomfortable. I didn't know how to work with these things. But eventually... As you know, I'm sure, I learned how to work with the energies and the conflict and the mirror of the relationship rather than working against it. There's so much here that I want to just break down for a moment because you just really unleashed a lot in this conversation, all really beautiful things that I feel are really important to kind of break down to talk about a little bit. And the first thing is is all about the repression of our true selves, the repression of our true emotions and our feelings. And I think this is something that obviously is talked about a lot, but I think we could definitely dive into a little bit more here in regards to just masculinity in general. And I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, I think this is a pretty common occurrence. What you've gone through is that, you know, in your family at this point growing up, put on this sort of pedestal. And with that comes so much pressure and so much internal like chaos to be able to be somebody and to, to live up to these expectations. And I feel like, you know, the men that I speak with, even including my own path and the path that I've walked and, and the groups of men that I facilitate, you know, this is a really common thing for a lot of a lot of men. And it's so important, as I always say, to be able to come back to yourself, to drop all of those expectations, all of that pressure, and to really understand who you are beneath all of those layers. And that's not an easy path to walk. And I obviously, you know, what you just described and what you've went through obviously came with a lot of challenges and, and struggles along that way. But if you were to kind of sum things up a little bit into giving men an opportunity at this moment, perhaps there's a man listening to this right now, what could be one step that he could take to be able to 
come back to himself and to come back into his heart and to truly who he is beneath those layers that have been put on top of him. Sure. Yeah. I think for me, it was the space, even the physical space that I needed from all my conditioning. So when I left home at 23 and moved, you know, halfway, three quarters of the way across the country, it was a representation of the physical space and the metaphysical space that I needed to come back to myself. I was so close to the conditioning I had always lived inside of that I couldn't see through the filters in my environment. And that's also played a really important role ongoingly for me is to remove myself from my conditioned environment. Now it's my home life, my family life, my relationship at home with my beloved. To have time in isolation, physically away from people, to drop in with myself, to have that kind of solidarity with my higher self, to check in and be like, okay, am I where I want to be? Am I on the path that I want to be on? Am I living my most authentic life or am I just playing these roles that I've been conditioned to play to keep everyone in my environment appeased and comfortable, which is no different than what I did when I was young, you know? So it's still important for me to do that to this day, to take time and space away to evaluate, you know, how am I really being in these environments? Am I being myself or am I falling back into old patterns and old roles? So for the men that are listening, it could be just that, you know, it could be the physical space to be alone, alone in your energy field, you know, your aura, but also alone with yourself, connecting with your higher self. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that. And, and something that I think is really profound, you know, for me, it was going to Africa and living in the middle of, you know, this village for two years and, and basking within nature and, and really connecting with not only the external surroundings of nature, but the nature within myself. And, you know, I've talked about that story a lot you know, and one thing that really stuck out for me during that time was the ability to put all distractions aside and to really sit with the profound effect that nature has on you. And I just had a podcast with uh, a really good friend, Darren Silver, who does men's rites of passage. And, and we're talking about how this notion of how nature is this sort of truth serum and being out in nature really brings up everything for to be seen that's within you. And it really reconnects you with your heart and your soul. And so, yeah, I think just to your point, space in general is so important for all men just to kind of, again, get a, not get away or escape, but rather just create space for oneself to be able to observe, to reflect and to come back within. So I appreciate you sharing that. Totally. And there's such a subtle difference between those things, right? Such a subtle difference between taking space because you know, it'll bring you closer or back home to yourself or taking space because you're trying to get away from all the problems and the issues in your life, you know? When I was young, I always had this fantasy, which is kind of ironic now, that I was gonna live on this tropical islands, you know, hang in hammocks and eat coconuts, and that would be my simple life. Ironically, I live on a tropical island, remote tropical island now, 
but it's for all the different reasons, you know, it's to be of the highest service that I can be, not to escape the complexity of our culture and society. Yeah. And, and what that, what that does for you being in that location that obviously lights you up and, and being able to take that space to be able to go within to, yeah, then, and that's, that's, so important for all of us is that everything stems from within us. So all of the insights, all of the creativity, all of the things that you're doing to impact the world is coming from deep within you because you're giving yourself that space. So it all leads one to the next. So it's really, really beautiful for you to be able to do that and to, and to honor that as well. Because I think the biggest thing, which you also mentioned is the doingness and something that I think a lot of us get caught up in. It's easy to, when we're trained and literally our nervous systems are programmed to just do, 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 and cons consistently and constantly be moving. When, when we start to come into a space of slowness and we begin to slow ourselves down and we begin to actually take some deep breaths, you know, that could be really deeply uncomfortable for a lot of people because we are so, trained to be on the move all the time that coming within and actually creating that is like, what am I doing? I, this, this doesn't feel right. And so it's like looking for distractions all of the time. And even at this point, I find myself, there's certain times where I find myself wanting to distract from whatever's happening within me. And, you know, it's a constant practice of coming back home and coming back to the breath and just coming back to just sitting with myself. Absolutely. Yeah. The reason I kept myself busy for those 10 years, as busy as I did, was because I didn't know myself. And if I would have slowed down, that's what I would have, I would have had to face. The fact that I didn't even know who I was. I was so used to and conditioned to merging with my environment you know, in the beginning, my family environment, but then my college environment, my social environment, I was always merging with my environments. I didn't have a self-constructed identity. And when I slowed down, that's what I had to face off with. It was literally like, well, great. I don't know who I am. So where do I start from here? <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, and also all of the deeper, you know, fears and things that we carry within us that subconsciously, you know, are, are running our lives. And it's like coming into that, that sort of, uh, yeah, face-to-face -face conversation with those fears, with those doubts, with those beliefs that we all carry within us. And that's a scary thing at times. It's not easy to come to that. And, and mostly why we run away is because we don't want to face that. So it takes a lot of courage and strength to be able to come into those spaces and then also do that with another, which then leads into the relational aspect of things. And, you know, something you mentioned earlier and something that is a part of the Gene Keys wisdom, which you also spoke about, is the idea that relationships uh, and intimate partnerships are a catalyst for deep transformation and growth. And, you know, when we can go into those deep places with somebody else, what can transpire from there? And so, yeah, maybe uh, talk about your experience a little bit in relationship and what that actually means to you. Yeah. So, the beautiful thing about Mackenzie and I's relationship is when we started it, we knew we were only coming together 
because the service that we could, or the level of service that we could be of together was greater than the level of service the two of us could be at as individuals. So we could serve at a higher level together than we could apart. And that was really the foundation for our relationship. That's what we wrote in our sacred contracts when we started our relationship. It's literally in writing, signed with our names on it. And we also agreed that at, at any point that no longer becomes true, then we really need to revisit and reevaluate our union, our togetherness. But man, it's, it's almost like to think back and connect with how it was in the beginning. I can only describe it as incredibly uncomfortable. Like things getting triggered inside of me almost constantly and having no tools and no development whatsoever to be able to not only be with it, but actually deal with it and transform it. So one of my biggest wounds is around what am I here for? You know, we all come in with our own sacred wound. It's, it's really, if I could like dumb it down, it's really one of two things. It's either in the realm of sexuality and our physicality and our body, or it's in the realm of like our career and vocation in life. So I certainly had all my wounds and conditioning around sexuality. I wrote a whole book about it, telling maybe too much about myself and all the things that I experienced in my young life regarding my sexuality and my wounding there. But the other piece and the bigger piece for me is around my vocation and my calling in life. So I didn't know who I was. I said that already, but I also didn't know why I was here and what I was here to do. So when I came into union with Mackenzie, this woman was so on fire in her purpose and her direction in life. She was channeling, uh, delighted by at the time, delighted by was in over 5,000 stores in the United States. Every day she was waking up and living in service to that entity. And that was something I had never experienced before. I had never seen that level of devotion to a higher calling. I had certainly attempted it in my own ways, but I'd always get to the point where it would feel like, you know, this just isn't me, or I'm actually, I'm doing this for somebody else. It's not authentic to me. You know, even when I had my business with Isogenics, I was like sharing the products and selling, bringing people in, you know, but it was, there's always this element of inauthenticity, right? Trying to make a sale. For her, she was talking to Delighted by every single day. And that was a relationship that I saw blooming and flourishing right before my very eyes. So not only was that a great example for me, but it was also super confronting because I had to deal with the parts of me that felt unworthy of that. Or I had to deal with the parts of me that felt like, well, I'll never be that. You know, I'm not as bright. I'm not as intelligent. I'm not as open. My crown chakra is not as open. You know, all these things we can even get into in our spiritual communities. But all of the excuses and reasons that I had for why I couldn't be that. And so that's where I really had to sit and face off with myself. But the beautiful thing was in working with cacao is it gave me that stillness 
It gave me that time with myself. It gave me the quiet to allow myself to feel the discomfort I was naturally in given my situation. You know, imagine being in a relationship where you wake up each morning and your woman has like this massive to-do list. She's got these business meetings she's going to be having all day long. And then there I was with nothing on my calendar for the first time in my life. Literally nothing. I didn't have a to-do. I didn't have a meeting schedule. I had lived my previous 10 years of my life with everything scheduled, even my bathroom breaks, the times that I would set aside for eating, everything was scheduled. To then go from that to nothing on my calendar at all and then be with a woman who's got a full calendar and is mirroring to me that I'm lazy, uh, I'm not up to anything in life. Of course, not the things that she's saying to me, the things that I'm saying to myself. Uh, Why would she want to be with me? There's other guys out there that are living way more inspired lives that are actually helping people. You know what I mean? All my own stuff that I'm just sitting in for months at the beginning of our relationship. Until I was able to just say, okay, that's that stuff is in me. I have been built by my early life environments to value myself as a person and as a man by the results I produce rather than by who I am, rather than by my being. So that was the biggest thing I had to work on deconditioning in the beginning is my value is not based on the results I produce. The results I produce are great when they're coming from the right place, but they, they are not who I am. My true value as a human being, my true value as a man is my being. The energy that I embody alone and in my relationships and the difference that makes for other people. Whatever I do after that point is a natural fallout of my being. Right? But it took some time. It took some time for me to get that. But that was the biggest thing in the beginning. And of course, again, seeing Mackenzie producing all these amazing results, I was like, oh God, I was really hitting on that so hard in my gut. I can feel it now. It's just like, oh, look at her. I wish I want that. You know, I want to be producing all those results and have the world validate me as a man and validate who I am as a person because of these amazing results I'm producing. And for me, life was like, no, bitch, sit down. <laughs> like you need to learn a different lesson. <laughs> mm, powerful, very powerful. And to see that, to transpire that into, yeah, just, just to live that in a relationship and what that could do to you. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, a lot of issues around worth was coming up and I know that's a common struggle for pretty much all humans on this planet, man or woman, it doesn't matter is the, the self-worth of, am I good enough to, to do this? But it's all based on external factors, like you were saying, and the results and all of that. And it's, it's really coming home. And the true Testament is, is coming back home to to your essence, to your beingness. And, you know, for anybody listening to this, you know, this is really the inside out approach and really what's spoken about in the gene keys, which, uh, 
thank you to Michael McKenzie who introduced me to the Gene Keys and something that I've been sharing a lot with all of my clients and groups that I facilitate. But, you know, the idea that purpose is something that isn't so much a role, but rather a something in the essence that you bring to your outer life and your relationships and all aspects of life. And what is that at the core? And when you can really truly tap into that, what changes and what, what, and you know, for, for your example in your life and the life that you're living at this moment is that because of that inner work and because of tapping into that, you are now stepping into a role, an outer role that is reflective of that inner beingness. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it feels you know, the other thing that I worked on a lot was the I factor, me, you know, wanting to be seen, wanting to be recognized as somebody, to be somebody. And I can even be honest and say that I wrote part of my book, Everything You Never Learned About Sex, Take Back Your Masculine Power and Use Your Sex Energy for Good, from that place. I wrote it from the place of wanting to be some kind of authority or expert around the conversation around masculinity and sexuality. But there was part of me that was needing validation. Somebody please see me and recognize me for these gifts that I have, for this knowledge that I have, right? So I put this book out in the world. And of course, people are reading it. And it's beautiful. I'm getting such positive feedback. But it was from a wound, partially. It was from wanting so badly to be recognized for something. You know, just anything at that point, just, just anything, you know, but yeah, it's come, the come from is everything. That's what I say. You can take the same action and produce two totally different results based on where you're coming from. Why I'm saying that now is because, you know, in, in these early portions of our relationship, let's say the first three to four years, it was really about I, it was about me. It was about what can I get out of this? It was about how can I expand my reputation? It was about how can I become known by the and validated by the external world for what I know, for my gifts, for what I bring to the table. And really in this last year and a half, and especially with this conversation around bringing a child into the world, as I'm sure you can relate on, it's the I in me is, is pretty much dead at this point. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm not in this for me anymore. I, I am, of course, I receive the benefits of this life. I receive the benefits of the actions that I take. But for me, and this is also a Gene Keys saying as well, it's how can I serve the grail? How can I be used by life? In what ways can I show up that's going to have my gifts be utilized by life in a way that's going to have the greatest impact possible? But it's not about what I can get out 100%. of it. It's about how I can be used by it. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's that is the holy grail question. How can I be of the greatest service to the whole? And something that I ask myself constantly, daily, uh, and something that is, I think, important for all of us to ask and allow life to show us that way. But yeah, you know, speaking to the whole thing about validation, all of that, that's something that hits super deep within me and something that 
Oh, I struggle with from time to time, you know, there's that, you know, the Ram Das documentary becoming nobody and, and that idea of not relying on the external to validate you, but actually accepting and validating yourself for who you are in any given moment. And that is such a big, big lesson, a big, big key to, um, my existence and something that, uh, you know, I, again, I currently, you know, go up and down with and struggle with, but, you know, when I can really come back to myself and who I am in any given moment and really sit within that energy and know that I'm exactly where I need to be, regardless of the external, uh, accomplishments I've had, I am exactly where I need to be right now. And that if I'm continuing to tap into my own authenticity, uh, and my own just inspiration, creativity, that it's from that place that everything else will unfold, regardless if I get validated by whatever I do in my accomplishments, but I can be satisfied and accepting of myself if I'm coming from that place and knowing that all we're here for is to, to serve our soul and to serve the whole. It's such a thing though. I mean, I have to, I feel like emphasize this because I know there are so many men out there who measure their masculinity in terms of how the world either does or does not recognize and see them. Right. And of course there's a ton of like great examples out there right now to pick. You got your Joe Rogan's, your Aubrey Marcus and go straight down the list of these really beautiful men that have accomplished a lot and they're recognized on a very large scale. And now all the rest of us men are looking to them as like the examples. And of course, they're not the only two, but as the examples of success as a man, the examples of full embodiment and your masculinity. And really, it's, it's a bit of a trap. And for me, like life had to literally cleave me from this, from this desire to be recognized. It had to uh, pull me from it, you know, and I'm so grateful now. You know, again, when I came into union with McKinsey, she was a high achiever and was widely recognized and, and people would look at her accomplishments and sing her praises and, and rightfully so, uh, because she's a totally incredible and has accomplished so much and contributed so much to people's lives. But then there I would be standing next to her, <laughs> witnessing other people praise and recognize her and wanting that same thing for myself. Right. So I get all bent out of shape and I get mad at her and I'd be like, well, people just don't see me. They don't see the, the role that I play in cacao. And, you know, I would like I would create drama in our relationship because of that. But it was really the invitation was for me to see myself. And that's what I really struggle with. And I still like you struggle with that is seeing my own value as a man and as a human being and loving the man that I am today, not who I'll be tomorrow, who I'll be 10 years from now and the success I'll have 10 years down the road, loving, appreciating, acknowledging myself for who I am today, how I show up in life now, as opposed to what the actions in my life have summed up to. 
as opposed to how much money is in my bank account, as opposed to how many people in the world know my name and can recognize my name, as opposed to how many people have purchased my book and read it and wrote me a wonderful review. You know, it's like, it's such a, such a thing. It's such a thing. (laughs) Some deep medicine for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, (laughs) it's something that you got to just be lighthearted with as well. You know, it's can, this path can get quite serious, you know, when we're really working on, okay, why can't I break the barrier here? to come onto the other side, to become nobody and to just love myself for who I am, you know? And of course this is just an evolution. It's all just, uh, it's all just a process. And when we can just relax into the journey, into the process, that's for when me, for me, when my anxiety or my stress or my tension just resides knowing that, okay, I don't know how many years I got to live on this planet. You know, I, I, we have no clue when death will come knocking on the door, but if I can, in any given moment in this moment right now, as I'm having this conversation, just be in a relaxed state and know that I'm exactly where I need to be. And I'm exactly who I need to be right now. And just sit with that presence is really the medicine. And it's, again, it's not easy, but it's something that is, uh, profound and powerful and transformative and something that I think all of us need. Totally. And defining what masculinity is for us and what success looks like for us and being authentic about that, right? Rather than comparing ourselves to whomever and whatever is out there and measuring ourselves against these really impossible accolades I don't want to say impossible to limit possibility, but, you know, it's like we measure ourselves against the 0.001% of men in the world. And then if we fall short of the 0.001%, we're like so critical of ourselves or, you know, we say that we're nobody or, and of course, this is all internal dialogue, but if you're honest about it, it's there right? We are our own worst enemies. We eat away at ourselves daily. And some of that's good because it creates motivation, right? To, to get out there, to take the action, to be in divine right action. But it also, what I've noticed for myself is at times keeps me from really enjoying and being present to what's right in front of me. For me, it's literally the shadow of hunger, you know, and it has me miss the adventure of my life has me miss the beautiful waterfall I'm looking at, has me miss the green sea turtles. You know, I'm like looking at these beautiful green sea turtles and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I've seen it a hundred times. I know they're turtles. Cool. But like, but what are we doing? You know, what are we creating? What's, what's the next thing? It's like, no, shut up and look at the turtles. (laughs) You know, it's like, just enjoy what's here. So it's, it's that divine balance of, really appreciating the life that we've created. You know, I might not have a million dollars in my bank account. I might not be known on a large scale, but right now I'm sitting on this beautiful over two acre Hawaii property that I manifested. I created this. I created this. 
And so like, I should really be present to that. Allow myself to be impacted by the life I have created as opposed to what's yet to be created, what's yet manifested. And hold those two in equal balance rather than having what's yet manifested be on this pedestal that one day I'll get there, right? And missing out on what's already right here in front of me. Oh, the delicate balance of life and also... (laughs) the simplicity which you spoke to and I think is so important to come back to is just the simple moments. You know, I was just this morning contemplating this. I was walking and after I did a little bit of breathing and meditation in the grass and my mind at first this morning when I woke up was like, okay, what's, you know, I was thinking about this interview. I was thinking about some other things I had to do. And then the birds just started taking me away. And I'm like, this is the moment that I live for the podcast and all of the things that, you know, the content I'm producing and all of the beautiful people that I'm helping and get to help. It's wonderful. But it's at this moment with the birds that they chirp every morning. But most time I'm taking granite for, for that. I'm taking the sun for granted for coming out. I'm, I'm really not being present with any of my reality. Like you said that you've created, you live on this beautiful two acre property in Hawaii. You have all of these incredible things to be so grateful for yet the mind and the small self wants to continue to be like, what's next? What's next? I need more. And it's, it's never feeling fully fulfilled in the moment that you have. And yeah, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. And it's definitely that, that, that balance of, uh, of coming back to that presence, coming back to that awareness. So, yeah, for me, I can see that in my relationship too, is, you know, even this morning as I, it's kind of funny, you know, we've got a lot going on in our lives right now, which is not different really from any other time in our life. We could always kind of say that, right and find validation for it. But this morning I woke up and um, of course Mackenzie's laying next to me and I'm leaned towards her and she's leaned towards me. She's still asleep. My eyes are open and I'm like looking past her out the window, but not really looking, you know, you can kind of zoom out with your focus because you're in thought. So I'm looking out the window, but not really looking what's out there, thinking about my day and all the things I have to do. And thinking about the emails I saw late last night that I haven't gotten to yet. Thinking about people's cacao melting on their front porch because it's summertime and we include the butter in our cacao. And I'm like, oh, I need to find a solution for that. And I'm totally missing what's right here in front of me. I'm totally missing this beautiful woman who's the love of my life just laying here totally unaware of my adoration for her. And I'm just looking right past it. It's like the greatest example of what we're talking about. I'm looking right past her out the window into my mind, basically. And then ironically, she woke up and we had this moment where we were both doing it, you know, so it's not strictly uh, a men only exercise. I was staring up at the ceiling in thought and she was like staring out the window. And then we both just laughed, like, what are we doing? This is literally not helping us at all. It's not actually producing any solutions and we're missing out on this precious time together. 
And it's getting really present for us now because we're about to go to the mainland for four months on our cacao tour. And, uh, you know, we won't be here in this luscious environment. So we'll, we have a limited amount of time left. She has a week left. I have about two weeks left before we leave. And so, again, it's, it's just about what's right here in front of me. And I know there are also some men who maybe are on the other side of the spectrum. Maybe they value their being a little too much. It's like everything's about being. And maybe you should, you know, um, lean into a higher calling or use your being of service somehow, right? So it's everybody's on a different side of the spectrum. You and I just happen to be the ones that are overly concerned with achieving and creating a reputation for ourselves and getting recognition and validation from the world. Right. Yep. And you know, it's interesting because I, you know, you meet, you meet people across the spectrum and human, just human in general, you know, there is that, there is that side of pure, just floating in the clouds. And then of course, too much action and wanting to accomplish. And it's like, okay, where, where, where do I see myself? Where, where do I fit in, in this? And, you know, it's, um, it's just continuing to walk that path to the best of your ability and knowing that not every day is going to look perfect and there's going to be things that come up and challenges that come your way. But at the end of the day, knowing that at least having the awareness of where you're at, when things come up, like even just your example of staring out the window, but then even in that moment, pulling yourself back like, what am I doing? And just noticing that it's just simply noticing the action and then being able to just pull yourself back into presence. Like that is, that's the path, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I've been on the other side of the spectrum too, you know, I wouldn't say to a large degree, I've always been um, kind of preconditioned for work or work like activities, but you know, I've had moments where I valued my being a little too much. And then where there's things for me to do and the little boy in me is saying, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to be responsible for that. I don't want to do my taxes. I don't want to pay my taxes. I don't want to have to go into the back end of our websites and make these micro adjustments. I don't want to have to deal with the lawyers. I don't want to have to talk to the investors. I don't want to have to, work with our production in Lima, you know, I want it just to work. I have to check that little boy in me too. That's like, but I don't want to do that. You know, it's like, okay, put him on the shelf and then do what there is to do as well. So it's, yeah, it's a delicate balance. And at any given time we err on some side or some portion of the spectrum. Amen, brother. No doubt. Yeah. I feel like, what I, you know, of course, when I, anytime I do an interview, I don't really expect anything. It's really one of those things where I go into a more of a conversation and just see what arises out of that. And, you know, I certainly didn't expect this conversation to go in the direction it did, but I feel like it went exactly, it was perfect. And I feel like everything that needed to be said was said. And I feel really good about being able just to be honest and raw about, you know, the struggles that we all have. And I think a big part of me beginning this journey with this new podcast and this new endeavor of masculine mastery is just to really bring these conversations to the table and get real about where we're at, you know, as humans, as men. 
and how we can continue to evolve, to heal, to connect, to expand ourselves. So yeah, this conversation was exactly what I needed today. And uh, I feel there was a lot of, uh, a lot of good medicine out of this for sure. So I deeply appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on and just giving me the opportunity to share all these life experiences that are just floating around in my head at any given time. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's, a, again, a part of the reason. It's just a platform for self-expression for us to just have these these conversations. And so, you know, uh, regarding, you know, the next part of your path, and we didn't get to talk too much about your business, about cacao and all of the really beautiful endeavors and request bar and all of that. But if you want to share a little bit about, you know, perhaps people are interested, um, you know, some men listening to this, they maybe they haven't dove into the realm of cacao and are interested in learning more about what cacao is, how that could potentially help them. If you just want to talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. Cacao is a really beautiful plant medicine. Uh, it's not a plant medicine in the sense of other plant medicines. It's not a psychedelic, but it is very subtle yet powerful. And how I relate to it is a heart opener. It brings you or can bring you out of your head and into your heart and really into your emotional body. And why that's great for us as men, because we tend to spend most of our time in our head, even in our divine mind, which is not a bad thing. Right? But we have a whole other world that is important for us to address, which is our internal world, our emotional world, and the things that we're feeling at any given time throughout our day. So cacao for me is a really beautiful way to drop in, literally into my body, explore what's going on in there, feel whatever needs to be felt, contemplate whatever it is I am feeling, and really bring a sense of wholeness to myself like it's I feel like after my work with cacao I, I leave feeling like I know myself better and therefore can carry myself differently in the world I can hold what's happening inside of me without needing to project it without needing anyone to rescue me without needing anyone to fix it without needing anything to change right and so my wife and I have a 501c3 nonprofit called cacao with a k k-a-k-a-o ceremonial drinking chocolate. Uh, McKinsey actually started that in 2015. It's been running as a nonprofit since 2017. We operate it together and our mission is to make ceremonial grade, the purest ceremonial grade cacao possible available to the world and specifically Westerners that need it the most. And uh, at the same time, you know, as a nonprofit, we have a responsibility to give back to the farmers, to give back to their communities, and to give back to the people in Peru that we source from. So that's what we do. I do a lot of sourcing, a lot of the back end of the business, finding new varieties of cacao, making sure the variety we're getting is actually native strain. That's a big part of what makes cacao ceremonial grade is that it's a native strain of cacao, how Mother Earth created it coming from a native region of the world, which is really the Amazon basin, you know, uh, south, the northern portion of South America and Central America. That's where cacao is from originally. And we are going through a really beautiful revamp of our business right now. Mac and I are going on tour for the next four months, well, three to four months. We'll see how long it actually goes. 
So we're going to be back on the mainland. And if you want to see more of our tour dates and if you want to learn more about our cacao, you can visit www.flycacao.com. That's where you'll find all the information about us, our story, as well as our company and what we're up to right now. Mm, beautiful. And I can attest to the deliciousness of that cacao. I really enjoy it. I've had a lot of different cacao over the years and you guys make some really, really good stuff. So I really appreciate that. And yeah, just uh, feel really grateful for, you know, creating this space with you today and, and for all of the beautiful wisdom that was shared and, and definitely go check out their cacao. It's, it's, it's worth it. And I highly recommend it. So yeah, uh, perhaps there'll be another part to this conversation. Cause I feel like there could have been other directions we could have gone in, but my intention and my, <laughs> yeah. my goal is to keep these conversations under an hour for digestibility wise, for people to really listen to. I know we're always on the go. So, um, yeah, perhaps we'll set that up again in the future. Sounds great. I'd be happy to come back. Awesome, man. Well, with that being said, I'll give you one last minute here. Is there anything else that is on your heart, that is on your mind, on your soul that you want to share? I guess one last thing that I've been exploring for myself is just our role as men right now, our role in the world, especially for me, I've really witnessed a lot of beautiful women dropping into their divine feminine, coming together in groups, uh, really serving other women very powerfully, the healing that's happening there. And as I've witnessed it and how, you know, seemingly whole women are when they're in groups together, I've been left with the question of what is our role as men right now? You know, if, if we're, I'm going to say this, quote unquote, not needed, then how can we show up in a way that's just a pure give, you know? We're not needing anything from the feminine. We're not needing any validation. We're not needing them to tell us how wonderful we are and how, how awesome it is, what we're up to in the world. How could we show up if we were just coming from a give? So I guess more than an answer, just leave with a question. You know, if, if we really weren't needed in life or by life, how could we show up in a way that would just be for the give, for what we could give? just because we're here. Hmm. That's a good one to contemplate. I appreciate you leaving us with that and uh, something that I think uh, I'll be sitting with myself. So I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, brother. And thanks for creating this platform for guys to drop in here and really just learn and be with other men. It's very powerful. And I really appreciate you, especially being the one to create the platform for us to join or come together in this way. Thanks, man. Thanks. I received that. And uh, yeah, continuing to further this and wherever it goes, it goes. So again, brother, thank you so much. And um, we'll look forward to speaking with you soon. Sounds great. 